You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to Grind Season. My name is Anthony Sane. I'm here with Jason Smith. Uh, you guys join us twice a week here on the free Odyssey app or however you all are listening to podcasts. So we are glad to see you guys again. We, got, we are glad you guys are listening to us again. Getting a lot of questions lately, Jason Smith. People asking us, can I watch you guys? We've been putting out the video mm-hmm. clips. I, I think we might be kind of spoiling them with the video video clips, man. People are wondering, um, can they watch us, the full show and video? I'm glad that you guys want to see our handsome faces like that. I do feel like I am the most handsome man doing this in the city of Memphis. Jason Smith, you probably be the second best. You know, I, I, ain't, I ain't gonna get up here with an ugly dude, man. So, you know, you probably... You I, back in my day, I might could used to run with you, but I'll take second these days to the same. I'm not out here yeah. this like you, baby. I'm in the yeah, past. I'm glad, I'm glad to see that people are uh, want to see our face, but that's not yeah. here yet. You guys do have to listen to us audio only for right now. I have heard that there may be plans of making um the uh, the Odyssey podcast uh you know video format, but we're not quite there yet. So we do, but we do thank you guys for subscribing. Amen. And all those type of things to tune in with us twice a week. Again, I am Anthony Sane the co-host of Grind Season Podcast with my good friend Jason Smith of the Jason and John Podcast, which you can I mean, Jason and John show, which you can hear on 92.9 ESPN, which, of course, is the Odyssey Network. Uh, Jason, big things to talk about today. Give you guys the rundown. First of all, I want to announce that we have a very exciting guest, our first-time guest on the show. Hey! Our, 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 um, our internet podcast, Cherry, has officially been bloomed. A special <laughs> honor. Special honor. Special honor to have the Michael Cole. Uh, of yeah. course, the Michael is the Grizzlies beat writer for the commercial appeal, as well as I guess this is what he still does. He was doing this last time I checked. He's the co-host of the Locked On Grizz podcast, which you can hear on any podcast network as well. He does a great job over there. We're going to bring him in. For those of y'all who don't know, the Michael is uh, really big into the shoe game, and we thought that with John Morant's shoe uh, on her horizon, he would be the perfect guest to bring on to talk about that as well as just, you know, the Grizzlies in general. He, he, uh, well, I was so going to say, too, he's also got a great piece up at commercial.com about, you know, what other teams last one, the Suns are saying about the Grizzlies talking and how yeah, much. I definitely want to talk to him about that. Going to jump in his story as well. Yeah. Had a yeah. great piece up to that. Definitely want to talk to him about that. Glad to have the Michael Cole, our first ever guest, man. Super excited about that. Uh, we're going to talk about that in the second segment of the show. Bring him on. Uh, we're also going to talk about, What's going on with the Grizzlies? They are losers of four out of the last five games after winning seven straight. We're going to break it down. We're going to see what's going on. We're going to look at a good side, the bad side, some red pill, blue pill, whatever you want to call it. We'll talk about that. J.J. Reddick made some comments about the Grizzlies. What do you think may be wrong with the, with us? We'll talk about that as well today. And we'll close the show today after the Michael Cole comes on, giving our personal uh, best Grizz moments of 2022. Maybe we can bring DeMichael on to do that too, see if he could give us his – his individual, make sure, yeah. Make sure we yeah. ask him that for sure. Yeah, get get our best uh, Grizzlies moment of the of the calendar year 2022. Not this particular season, but the calendar year 2022. Since this will be our final podcast of the year, but back to the beginning, what I said that we would talk about today is um, the Grizzlies' current state of affair. We come here, Jason Smith, after the Grizzlies suffered a 125 to 108 loss to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, this team came in, didn't seem like too long ago. They were winners of seven straight games. And there was this Oklahoma City game that we lost. It felt like an anomaly. 
It was yep. like, oh man, you know, we heard the reasons like, you know, well, that game was kind of a outlier because they were going on a road trip, but it wasn't really a road trip because they went on that game and then came back to Memphis and then they went out for the real road trip that included Denver, Golden State, and Phoenix. So I can understand the guys kind of making that a throwaway game, but you know, they'll get it together. The Grizzlies then lost to Denver, uh, beat Phoenix, lost to the Golden State Warriors, and then lost back at home in Memphis in the FedEx Forum. 125 to 108. Losers of four out of the last five games. Jason Smith, you talked me off a ledge last game. Since you've turned your back and went back to your normal life since we did a podcast, I've moonwalked and tiptoed my ass back to the ledge. And I hand the mic back to you, Jason Smith. Please talk me off of this ledge that I'm really about to jump back off of. Well, it, 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 you get me. It, it's a tougher job saying when 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 I come to you, you know, fresh off a one twenty five one hundred eight loss in which, you know, Devin Booker wasn't even out there. So so it, you know, it had a lot of the same undertones as as the Golden State game in the sense that you're playing a team without its star player. Okay, time to handle business, and you don't. And here's the thing, saying you watch that Phoenix team scrapping, and guys like Dwayne Washington Jr. out there cutting you up. I think they finished with eight guys in double figures, saying. They were coming after you, especially after you had handled them by 25. It looked like it looked like old you in terms of the way they hustled, the way they battled, the way they out-rebounded you on the boards, the hunger that they showed. It looked like a team that was hunting you. And and I know DeMichael's written about this and the Grizzlies have talked about it. They've gone mm-hmm. from, you know, the 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 hunter to hunted, but that's what it looked like, man. It looked like a team that was not ready for a shorthanded Phoenix team to do the attacking, to punch first. And again, you're you're seeing that a lot right now from the Grizzlies is these they're letting these role guys and other players who are hungrier than them right now, um, you know, end up end up uh, 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 killing them in ways that they shouldn't be. Uh, th- th- no question about it. There there ain't no way in hell that Dwayne Washington Jr. is supposed to be going off for a career high twenty something that game, eight players scoring in double figures. When you come into that game fourth in the league in defense and you're coming off an effort like you had against Golden State. So so it was more of the same. And again, it's more of now, and Brevin made the point on the broadcast, it's it's having made the the shift from hunter to hunted and a mm-hmm. team that has got its leader saying we ain't worried about it. Well, while its leader looks like he's bringing it, brother, they don't look like they're ready for it. That that's right. the way I see it right now. Well, how did how did you see it, Sam? I joked about being you talking me off the ledge, and I I've, I've kind of talked myself off of it seriously, like since the last time we talked, and it's kind of a perfect storm for failure what we're going through right now because I've talked many times and I've came on and I've said that my confidence in this team comes with having a all NBA player in John Moran who you know is one of the best players in the league, all defensive player. And Jaron Jackson Jr., who you know is one of the better big men, better defensive players in the league. And a guy like Desmond Bain, who's the ultimate trump card, a guy who can knock down threes like many like many guys in the league cannot, just simply can't do. One of the tremendous shooters, becoming a playmaker, 20-something points per game guy. I said, when that's your foundation, the guys around you really don't matter. You got those three guys, you can make a lot happen in this league. And that's what I've stood on. But for the last few games, it's been John Morant by himself. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been terrible. Desmond mm-hmm. Bain has been terrible. Desmond Bain has some built-in excuses with this foot situation. We know he's coming back from surgery. Plus, we know he's a guy that takes a little time to warm up, too. He's like an old 73 colors. You gotta, you just can't go out there and drive him. You got to let him warm up a little bit. We're noticing that about Desmond Bain. He has these cold starts. But with Jaron Jackson Jr., 
and Desmond Bain being bad at the same time. It's absolutely killing this team. That I can simplify it to that. There are probably people a lot smarter than me that can break down specific minute details. But when two of those three guys, two of your three all-star candidates are playing the way that they're playing, I think it's easy to simplify that those once those two guys get it going back going, which is something you know they, they are definitely able to do, something we've seen them do. I think once those two guys get going, I think a lot of things will get better just off of that. Well, I'm I'm with you on on a lot of that. Not, look, they're they're 17 of 69 from three over the last two games. Golden State mm-hmm. and Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix made 17 threes by themselves. Right. Tuesday, Golden State made 18 on Sunday. You made 17 in the two games combined. I, I think part of that saying is a slow start for Bain. I'm not concerned about it. We've seen him have these two three game stretches start slow. Mm-hmm. Ha, you know, then then he comes back. He's hitting everything, but. Having all four guys together, which has been the thing, right? Especially on the offensive end, I'm talking about, which has been the thing we haven't seen for so long. And if long so, you know, wanted for this team, it's going to take some time. And so mm-hmm. right now with you saying this is what it feels like, it feels like they're a piece of raw meat in front of a dog that they've set themselves up sort of that way. Josh, Josh sort of set them up that way mm-hmm. with, with the words we're not concerned, just in terms of the way teams will attack them. And at a time where you're trying to figure out offensively, having all four guys back on the floor, low noise, when Jaron can stay out of foul trouble, that you, it's like you said, it's a perfect storm right now to see some outcomes, I think, like we've seen. Once right. once, once Jaron is again, and, and Lord knows it needs to happen quickly, is staying on the floor, once Dylan Brooks gets locked back in defensively, and I think once Bain is making those shots, we'll start to see a team get on the same page. But remember how little they've done this. You know, had those four guys – and, and and a settled rotation around them, you know, you, you haven't had this uh, 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 very much at all over the past couple of seasons. And so mm-hmm. you're working through that at a time where you got a big old target on your back because 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 job, you know, you know, job help put you out there with the words right. about the whips. So uh, it's I, I like the way you put it. It's kind of a perfect storm for other teams right now mm-hmm. to attack you. You know, do you um, do you feel like there's any not trying to stir up anything? But do you feel like there's any? Here's my thing. I don't think it's much to say that everyone on the team may not have totally agreed with what Josh said when he came out and said he doesn't really fear. Like he like I'm worried about Boston and that's it. Like the rest of the right. teams in the West don't phase me. I know I'm, you know, I'm not I'm paraphrasing those aren't Josh's exact words. But do you think that every man on the roster one through fifteen was like, Yeah, Josh, go get him? Like, are we sure that everybody was do you think there was anybody on this team that was like, damn, Josh? I mean, come on, man. Like I don't think it's like that, but but and we'll get to talk to DeMichael Cole about this. He had mm-hmm. the quote from Dylan Brooks that said this year we freeze up when teams talk back to us. Right. And so while to answer your question, I think a Dylan Brooks is fine with Josh saying that. But I do, I do think you're looking at a team that right now isn't ready to back right. that up. <laughs> John, the last two games is averaging 35 and seven. He mm-hmm. can say it and is backing it up individually, but but saying that's on him too as the leader. He's got to know if his team is ready for that sort of talk and ready to be that kind of target and and as the, as the leader of that. And right now, I think he's got a team that ain't ready for it. Um, do I think everybody was right there with him saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you probably had a few saying, no, nah, we don't need that. I imagine, again, Danny Green uh, 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 saying as a guy who we've talked about, when he sees something right. like that, as the OG vet says, no, nah, you don't need all that stuff. It's just, you know, it's 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 extra and it only really threatens to bring you down. I mean, when you lose these games, look at Clay Thompson, you know, talking in your face the way he has. So I I, I don't think it's as much guys not believing and being there to back jaw on that as it is. They ain't ready. He's ready to back it up, but they're not. And it's on him as the leader to know that. 
if they're ready yeah. or not. So especially at a time saying I, I, we tweet about you're nine and ten in the West. Jaws got to know that, especially right now, man, it's the time to go back to work and certainly not the time to say you ain't concerned about it. You got to yeah. you got to you got to you got to start climbing back up the hill, man. Yeah. And Jaws definitely answering the bell. Um, he has guys are totally letting him down. I'm super concerned about our, our bench play, man. Um, we've had guys like Tyus and, and, and Clark who played pretty well in the last couple of games, but like you haven't gotten really anything else. Santi, of course, I kind of, Santi's kind of a tweener. He's a guy who's, he's really your six man this year. If you really think about it, Santi. And he's to your point, the- I, I think he's been there with John and backing it up in terms of the way when guys come oh, in. Yeah. We, yeah, man. Uh, he's one that hasn't frozen up to Dylan Brooks saying some guys free. Santi hasn't frozen up to these folks talking to him. Right. For sure. Um, Something else you mentioned, Jaws scored like 30-something points in the last couple of games. 35 and 7, last two. That's that's something that I think is a troubling sign for us. And not just this year, but I think over the years. Whenever Jaws has to be that high maintenance, like he has to be that high usage and, and score mm-hmm. that many points, it's never a winning recipe for us, really. Looking at this year, I pulled this up. I'm, I'm, I'm getting into some stats, Jason Smith. Y'all think I like it. I like it, saying. I like stats, saying. In 12 games that John Moran has scored – 30 points or more. Uh-oh. What is the Grizzlies record? Which what would you assume the record is? Uh give me games. give me uh give I'm gonna go seven and five. I'm gonna give you five and seven. Mm. That's what our record is. Anytime Jaws had to score 30 points or more, the Grizzlies are a below 500 team. Yeah. Which means that it takes a group effort. You know what I mean? It takes Jaw having I think our sweet spot is around that 20 something point mark. When he does something like that, and more able to find it, yeah. we're we're a much better team that way. Um Guys just got to step up, man. They got to dig in. They're always going to be a talking team. You, you can't expect them to stop talking. That's what they do. But like Dylan said, we were talking the same shit last year, and teams were, were backing down. They're barking back, back at us now, and we're folding up. And that's just real, man. And, and guys have got to guys have got to toughen up. I'm not going to tell them to stop talking, but you got to let your walk match your talk, and they're flat but, on that. I, I don't, you watched that game. And there was a play that DeMichael starts a story on. And I remember watching and watch mm-hmm. where Dylan Brooks has the break there. And and he's been, you know, Torrey Craig's been going at him. They've been talking. They had the altercation the last game. And and Torrey gets Dylan Brooks to go for that layup, right? Ends up blocking off his legs. But but to that point, Dylan's so caught up in it. I, I'm just pointing out that Dylan's looking at everybody else saying they freeze up. I think Dylan got caught up in it too. He's so caught up in the thing with Torrey. Man, he doesn't realize John Morant is running right to the right. All it takes a little behind the back, and it's simple basketball. But I think even Dylan is getting caught up in it a little bit, you know, a little bit as well. And and that's the thing you got to be careful with. You can't get caught up in the back and forth verbal part of it, the emotional part of it, and and forget about the simple basketball play. And again, that was hap- that's happened a lot the last couple of games where guys are getting so caught up in that. You know, again, yeah. John Morant's running with your right side. It's an easy layup for him behind the back pass, but you're so caught up in trying to score on Craig because of the back and forth. They, they've got to get out of that thing. So it's not just these new guys got to get caught up. You know, it's some of their veterans too need to, right. need to, 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 to cool it down a bit. Well, we've been uh, giving our diagnosis of what we think is wrong with our Grizzlies because they're definitely looking sick. So we're trying to diagnose yeah. what could possibly be going on, trying to be as positive as all as possible. Uh, you mentioned the Michael Cole and his takes on it, his uh, article that he wrote for the commercial appeal. Let's go ahead and bring the Michael on and see uh, what he feels about it. Let's hear it from the man himself. He is, of course, the Grizzlies beat writer for the commercial appeal, co-host of Locked On Grizz, and he joins us now. The Michael Cole, what's going on, brother? What's going on, guys? Uh, excited to join, man. Love, love the things y'all are doing. 
Man, appreciate you. We said you got the, the joints on the background. We know you are a sneakerhead. Uh, I'm sure you go to Sneak Fest and all those type of things that uh, happen <laughs> here in Memphis. You, have you ever been to Sneak Fest, real though? Yeah, yeah, I've been, oh, okay, I've been yeah. to Sneak Fest, man. I, you know, I, I grew up standing in the lines, you know, outside the Nike factory off uh, Shelby Drive over there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, fifth grade before the first day of school, five in the morning, standing in line. You know, trying to get the new Jordans. Man, or I can't get the new Jordans. Just trying to get a, you know, a sixty-dollar pair of Air Force Ones when they usually cost one twenty. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for real, man. But yeah, that's something we joked about in our last podcast. We'll come back to the Grizzlies, of course. But we joked in our last podcast about how the city of Memphis is the sneaker game and buying shoes, buying Nikes here in the city of Memphis is totally different because of the employee store. It's having this huge uh, hub here uh, of, of distribution warehouse here in the city of Memphis with the employees. What do you think the buzz will be in the city of Memphis for this particular uh, job and rent, job one shoot that's coming out this spring? It's going to be, it's going to be huge. I mean, it, it really is. I've talked to, to people who literally uh, one person told me at a city here that they're already getting asked about the shoot. Mm. Like before, before the even the announcement came out from John Morant, mm-hmm. they're already, Hey, dude, when do y'all get John's new sneaker? He's like, man, they haven't, haven't, even, seen they haven't even made an announcement. <laughs> right. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's the level, you know, it, it, it's on right now. And just talking talking to people even on the national level i think everyone has the idea even people in nike are saying you know they're not worried about the memphis market when mm-hmm. it when it comes to you know selling of job sneaker i mean it's you you mentioned memphis being a big nike hub already and then i mean it's 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 going to be levels you know when i was in san francisco i was at the at the warriors uh you know when they were playing the warriors right you know mm-hmm. Steph curry basically has reshaped under armor basketball under right, armor right. Was, football you know no one thought of under armor in the basketball like like that until Stephen curry kind of like shifted that a little bit more so when i was out there in san francisco it just was interesting you know walking around and you see all the trainers they all have on curries they all have on curries you go mm-hmm. you go uh you know on the floor a lot of people are wearing curries and it's like you in memphis you don't see a lot of curries i mean and mm-hmm. it's under armor so it's completely different from nike so this isn't as much as comparing the two you know, players and their sneakers, it's more about, you know, the love that he gets, you know, in San Francisco. And it, it I mean, it looks like his shoe is huge out there. I'm sure it's going to be even that level and possibly even more for Job, being that he's with Nike, you know, arguably mm-hmm. the biggest, you know, brand there is. How, how do you think the Michael will compare, you know, once there we're years into this, will it, will it compare to the success of, of Kyrie's brand mm-hmm. of a guy you've written about Penny Hardaway's, you know, brand. How, how high will this thing get? You think with Josh Star so so seemingly be? It can be that because you look at what he's doing on the floor. I mean, I, I joked in that first game, like if he completed that dunk. Oh, if oh he yeah. Completed that dunk, they, they, they were gonna have to do, the they have to do an early release, like the next day, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> because uh, I mean, he he can be that. He has that that natural flair. You know, like the ability to make those highlight plays and things like that. That are going to make people think, oh, it must be the shoes, you know, like like it was, you know, with MJ back in the right. day. And here's another thing I thought about. You think of the greatest sneaker, you know, signature shoe guys there have been. Allen Iverson. You remember the Allen Iverson and, and Jada Kiss yeah. connection? Mm-hmm. Uh, Penny Hardaway. Everybody. I mean, I grew up hearing about Lil Penny in barbershops all the time. So Lil Penny uh, with, with Penny Hardaway. You think about Jada Kiss with Allen Iverson. 
Michael Jordan, Spike Lee. Spike Lee Who's yes. going to be that that marketing connection with Ja Morant? I think that's a big part of it. If if Ja gets a a Jada kiss or a Spike Lee, or I mean, it might it might it might be simple. It might just be Money Bag Yo or somebody. You know, mm-hmm. it might be just someone in Memphis or you know you. Nike is is creative with that stuff and what they do there. You know, you mentioned Kyrie Irving. I think a big part of Kyrie's thing, and and this was a Pepsi thing, I remember, uh, if I'm correct. It wasn't a Nike marketing thing, but the fact that Uncle Drew kind of took off around Mm -hmm. the time that he was getting his signature shoe kind of helped Kyrie Irving as well. So he had the, you know, the Uncle Drew brand and then the other guys, Jada Kiss, you know, Lil Penny, Chris Rock for uh, Penny Mm -hmm. Hardaway. Uh, Jaws going to need something like that. You know, if he gets, you know, someone else, you know, maybe some big comedian or a rapper or, you know, whatever it is that can kind of personify what he's doing at Nike, then it's it's no ceiling on what he can do. Right. I'm not saying I disagree with what you're saying, because I definitely I definitely get the impact of what you're saying of having that other icon to kind of escort him along as he goes. But Jaws also the thing that may be a little different about Jaws is that Jaws has a lot of flair as far as his personality is concerned as mm-hmm. well. He does well in front of a camera. Cause I was totally shocked when he did the Spider-Man commercial, the the, <laughs> the acting chops he kind of showed. You know what I mean? So, you know, Penny had little Penny because Penny wasn't the best actor. So that little icon kind of speaks for the celebrity. For all we know, Jock could be a guy who may could be able to carry his own, you know, uh, thing as far as that goes. I definitely agree with you on, with that for sure. Uh, just a piggyback question, kind of behind what Jason was saying about the 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 gravity and the the how big the shoes can be. Um. Do you think that Josh Shue, because with the Kyrie Irving, a lot of players in the league wear Kyrie's. You know what I mean? A lot of guys wear KD's. Could you see, do you think Josh Shue is going to blow up to the point? Because you don't see a lot of guys wearing the Giannis shoes. A few bigs in the way, wear them. I know that Tillman wears them. You know, you got a couple bigs in the league to wear the, the Giannis is whatever. Do you think Josh is going to be, Josh Shue could be the shoe for the, the flashier guards? You know, the young guys coming into the league are going to have want to wear Josh Shue. I don't know if you know much about the mechanics or the technical part of the shoes, but do you think his shoe is going to be a shoe that a lot of guys are going to want to play on the court? Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a he has a built-in advantage. You 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 mentioned Giannis, but if you just even just with big men in general, since you know Kevin Garnett, Shaq, Charles Barkley, David Robinson, those days, mm-hmm. big big men's shoes just don't do well, right? You know as well anymore. I mean Joel Embiid, Under Armour. You know I was in Philly and. I mean, just being honest, I had I talked about Steph Curry in Philly. I mean, Steph Curry in San Francisco. I mm. had people in Philly telling me, "Hey, his shoes, you know, they sit around for for days, you know, right. before <laughs> you know, it's it's not the same." Mm-hmm. But you combine the Nike brand with John Morant's, you mentioned it, the flair that he has, you know, the excitement that he plays with. Uh, I think a lot of players are going to to eventually wear his sneaker because you, you mentioned the technicalities of it, right? So he was wearing a low-cut sneaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, historically speaking, when Penny, uh, Michael Jordan, all those guys were coming through, high tops, mids were kind of what players gravitated to. A lot of players didn't wear low-cut. It was thought that low-cut sneakers, you know, uh, more ankle injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. But now you're seeing more players since, you know, Kobe Bryant, uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, Kevin Durant, uh, those guys, even LeBron's latest release. The LeBron, yeah, LeBron even got away from the Miz. Exactly. LeBron, LeBron is, is releasing that LeBron 20. And a lot of people are saying this is his best, you know, one yet. So, and it's a low top. 
So mm-hmm. low tops are the thing now. Players are, you know, gravitating towards those, especially guards. And you mm-hmm. factor in it's a guard-driven league right now. Think about guys coming in the league, you know, Knicks, you know, behind these guys, like a Scoot Henderson, you know, possibly, yeah. where, you know, the jaw ones and things like that. Yeah, players, if you even look at what Nike said in the release, you know, right, about, you know, jaw sneaker, it's made, you know, for, for the quick-cutting type of guys uh, to withstand, you know, uh, you know, type of, withstand like hits on your ankles and things like that mm. uh hang time gravity all those things were factored in to you know the design of the shoe and just the physical standpoint of it so all of that kind of leans towards the guards and it's a guard league right now so i think yeah a lot of guys could potentially wear a shoe and you know it's it's going to be a good opportunity for them you know to kind of be one of those guys you mentioned Kyrie mm. Irving Kevin Durant Kobe uh those are guys you know the three most worn shoes in the league right now. So he could definitely be, you know, in that conversation. I know my eight-year-old, my eight-year-old, the Michael can't wait till them things come out. And <laughs> oh, yeah. he, he was on them Kyrie's and it just feels like there's that place, especially with those little kids, you know, in that $60 range that the, just every kid in camp had Kyrie's on. I just feel like those jaws, you know, at that little oh, kid yeah. range, 60 bucks for the kids, 110 for the adults. That's just, you know, in Memphis, of course, but I think yeah. nationally, it's going to sell, sell, sell. Of course, we're, call, we're talking to DeMichael Cole, uh, Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Uh, he is kind enough to join us. Our first guest. Yes, sir. Our first guest. A great honor. Our first man, My first guest on the radio show was Tubby Smith, DeMichael. So oh, you're, you're, oh. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, like that, I like that company. Big, like big that company. shoes, a Hall of Famer. First oh, yeah, guest on the radio show. You're our first guest here on Grind Season. So let me turn you to the Grizzlies. Obviously, I uh, had won seven in a row, now lost four or five been reading you, been trying to figure out what's going on with this team. In terms of the biggest issue right now, DeMichael, and you look at this little streak where they've dropped four or five, what is it? I think right now the biggest thing you you can point to is is probably the shooting. You you mentioned Mm – I I heard you mention earlier, you know, uh, Ja, Ja, uh, you know, they've been overly reliant on Ja uh, saying that was a good point because – the thing about it is in the last two games in particular, I noticed that Ja has scored over 30 points. But in both of those losses against the Suns and the Warriors, only one other player has reached double figures. Yep. Wow. Like it wow. it's it's not a lot of you know help. I think two games ago it was it was Dylan Brooks. And then, you know, in this last game, I think it was I forgot who it was, but only one player in both of those mm-hmm. games reached double figures. So with that being said, uh they need help, you know. Ja, he he says it all the time. Hey, I like to get my teammates involved. I'm sure, you know, it's not even his preference to to score, you know, thirty plus points. He's like the type of guy he'll do it when he has to. And think back to the first game Desmond Bain, you know, got back in the win against the Suns when they blew out the Suns by twenty five points. Jolly had twelve. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jolly had twelve points in that game. And when I went in that locker room after the game, he was probably the happiest dude in there. You right. know, talking about Dez being back and kind of just wanting to feed him the ball and things yeah. like that. So that's more of his personality. I said a lot of times, a lot of people really don't know uh, how pass first he actually is, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's part of it. But at the end of the day, it kind of correlates over to the next point about the shooting. The Grizzlies in his last game against the Suns, the Suns were hot, but they gave up 17 threes to the Suns. Yep. The Grizzlies made eight. If you look at the difference between 17 and eight, Again, they lost this game 125, 108, lost by 17 points. That's a nine three pointer gap. That's mm-hmm. 27 points that the Grizzlies are trying to make up, you know, in other ways. And that's that's tough no matter how good, you know, I talk, they're 
the most dominant team in the paint. Since John Morant has been in the league, his rookie year, the Grizzlies led the league in paint scoring. They did his second season. They did his third season. And they're right on pace, you know, to be up there right now in his fourth season. But the thing is, teams are are basically disrespecting them from beyond the yard. You know, I was in the, the Suns locker room, and they were basically saying, yeah, that, that was we wanted to collapse in the paint. We know that they do a lot of their damage in the paint. We want to take that away. Mm-hmm. And when Desmond Bain shooting 0-4 on three-pointers, when Ja – uh, I think he made three of ten, but no other player in that Suns game made multiple three-pointers. Dylan Brooks only took one. He made it, but you need you need more. Yep. I mean, when the Grizzlies shoot better, mm-hmm. we, we, Taylor Jenkins talked about it at the beginning of the season. He said the goal this season was to shoot more three-pointers, and they're doing that. But at the end of the day, you still have to make more, yeah, too. Yeah, you got to make them. So they're putting themselves in a tough spot. Like uh, when you another team makes 17 threes and you only make eight, I mean, it's I don't care. You you can score sixty paint points. It's, that's a big that's a big difference. Right. Um, when you look at um the comments that came from JJ Reddick earlier this week, I'm not sure if you saw it or not. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I saw him about the yeah. about the free throw shooting and right. uh, yeah. I mean the yeah. foul, the, the foul. Yeah. He said mm-hmm. that his he said the issue with this Grizzlies team is they have two guys that are like all league defenders and Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr. He said, but the thing that's, that's very uncommon is that those guys also foul like out of control. Like the, the foul numbers are insane for those two players. Uh, how much how much do you buy into that? And do you think that that's something will always be with those two guys? Or is it something you think that over time, um, even this season, you can see uh, a change in those guys this year? I mean, yeah, I think that's one of those things. It's kind of it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's to me, it's not the biggest issue, though. But but mm-hmm. I, I get what he's saying, because. You know, if that's something you want to improve, then you, you I think you need to shift your attention somewhere else. Because Dylan Brooks will straight up tell you, I'm going to use my fouls. Like, <laughs> he, he says this. So, yeah. expecting Dylan Brooks, like, he's the type of guy, you know, I, I heard Josh say it once before, but I know Dylan Brooks thinks like this, too. There was one game earlier this season, I think Josh didn't have a foul in the first half. So, early in the second half, he was kind of hacking a guy. He didn't yeah, get a foul, but he was like, pressing up on him, half mm-hmm. court, full court, the ball bounced out of bounds. And I'm like, Josh, really, you know, like all over him. So after the game, he was like, I didn't have a foul. So, you know, like I was trying to get a foul. He straight up said, I was trying to get a foul. That's mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks. Like he's going to, he, he will tell you he's going to use his fouls. Dylan Brooks talks about physicality all the time. Remember it was a couple games ago against the Bucks. I, I asked him, you know, about Chris Middleton. And he basically said he doesn't like to be physical. You know, that was his response to guarding, you know, Chris Middleton. So he, mm. he loves to get, you know, get up into a guy's chest. He's going to use his fouls. So with Dylan Brooks, you got to take it or leave it. Like, he's not about to, you know, uh, change that. And then with Jaron, I think actually with my eyes, I've seen, I think Jaron Jackson has actually improved his fouling. If you look over the last couple games, you know, he's been in foul trouble a little bit. But before that, For the he season, was down yeah. to 2.9 fouls per game before these last two games. That was, I think, his lowest was last season when he went down to three point five fouls per game, and then every, and then before that he was at three point eight. So he's been declining steadily up to this point, but still, you know, two point nine three is still three fouls per game. That's still a decent number. But the way the Grizzlies play defense, they of course the goal is to stay in front of your man. But you know, John Morant, he's smaller. He's gonna get beat off the dribble from time to time. The Grizzlies. You know, they're aggressive. Dylan Brooks, aggressive defender. Those guys are going to be get beat sometimes. And quite frankly, I think there's a comfort level. You know, you can argue if that's a good thing or not. Because I, I remember John Conchar, when he was talking about when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back, 
about how you can just funnel guys in the direction of Jaron, basically saying, hey, uh, if Jaron's on my right side, I'm going to guard him to the left. And if he goes right, I don't care because Jaron's right there. So sometimes you see that. And, and with those situations, yeah, Jaron will get five blocks, six blocks, but he'll also get four fouls, five fouls. So they, I think at the end of the day, if you want to see Jaron foul less, they got to do a better job of standing in front of the ball and just, you know, uh, demanding, you know, just demanding, being more prideful in those one-on-one matchups. But I think there's kind of a like, if he beats me off the dribble, I'm going to go ahead and rotate over here. I got Jaron behind me. It's, it's cool. Like, I, I feel like that's more of the mentality, uh, not in totality. Like Dylan Brooks, he hates getting beat off the dribble. You know, right. I'm sure Ja doesn't like it either. Ja has actually been better defensively this season. Uh, but overall, I think that's why those two aren't going to, you know, change. Uh, their, their, their foul situations won't change much. If they do, it'll be minimal because uh, Dylan will tell you, look, I'm using my fouls. And Jaron, he just gets put in a lot of situations, and he's aggressive. Jaron gets dunked on because Jaron will challenge anyone. He's mm-hmm. not the guy that's going – you saw in the Suns game, Dwayne Washington was under the rim when yeah. Jaw ja was about to catch the alley-oop, and that man took off like he was running a 100-meter dash. Like, he he took off. Jaron would have challenged that. So, you know, it comes with, you know, the way that he plays as well. Michael, you know, having having read your piece and and seen what Dylan Brooks said, we know we know the Grizzlies aren't going to stop talking. It's it's mm-hmm. part of their it's part of their their DNA. But in terms of the way teams are responding to that, Dylan Brooks uh, said in a, a quote in your piece that you know we're freezing up this year when teams talk to us. H- have have you noticed a difference in terms of the way mm-hmm. they respond to trash talk back? And 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 if so, why would that be different, Demichael? Why would you think that'd be different this year? I think uh, y'all kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but the thing about the trash talk and stuff like that, Ja and Dylan talk more than anybody on the team. Mm-hmm. We, we we all we all know that. Uh, I remember it was after the Suns win when they beat the Suns one twenty five one hundred. I was in the locker room and I was talking to Ja about you know when when Dylan was talking to Tory Craig and he basically said you know look. DB knows anytime he's talking to someone, 12 is going to be right behind him. That's how those dudes are. What about the rest of the team? Dez, I, I, you can say Dez, Dez is the guy who told, you know, LeBron James last season about the footsteps. I'm not worried about the footsteps. Dez will be, you know, his share of his talking. But he's he's more mild-mannered, I'd say. But he's going to do his talking as well. And then, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., I don't think he's the biggest talker. You know, he actually – kind of backed up John Morant, you know, after after this most recent loss against the Sun, he was basically uh, saying after the game that, hey, you know, uh, we as a team, we pretty much all feel that way. Mm-hmm. But he was saying, look, I don't I don't get into the headlines and the stuff like that. He basically was saying that, you know, anything John Morant says is going to get magnified. So I think that's part of it as well. But it's who else is going to who else is willing to stand on that same ground? Right. John Morant. Dylan, they they're gonna talk and and they're gonna be ready. You know, Dylan Brooks said coming into this Suns game, he's like, I, I won't de book because he ain't scoring fifty on me after you know book had the fifty eight point game. He was like, he ain't scoring fifty on me. So <laughs> that's him and Ja. You know, that's their personality. Yep, that's not changed. I remember Dez saying, Dez was like, look, they'll say it probably more on the public airways, but we all believe that. So I think that's part of it too. But then again. Like you said earlier, like a lot of those guys probably are just like, 
okay, well, you got to go back it up now. Like, they're our teammates. They said it. Now we just got to go back it right. up. Well, again, uh, we have DeMichael Cole with us uh, from the Commercial Appeal. Join us, our first ever guest on Grind Season today. Uh, DeMichael, before we let you go, final segment of the show, we're just going to transition into it. We, while we've got you here, brother, we're going to put you on the spot. We're going to, we want to talk about the calendar year of 2022, not this basketball season, but the, the calendar year of 2022. What is your best Grizzlies uh, memory of the year? Biggest thing that happened that was Grizzly related on the court, off the court? Uh, best you know, moment. Yeah, just biggest Grizzlies moment of the year for the calendar year of 2022. Man, I'm going to go with the 52 point John Morant game against. Mm-hmm. The San Antonio Spurs. I mean, it were three. It was probably three, four reasons why I chose this game. One, because this was the game where I had a couple of my friends text me before the game, and they were like, "Who are they playing today? I, I, I think I want to come." And I was like, "Are they playing the Spurs?" And they were like, "The Spurs? Man, I, I'll give my ticket to somebody. I'm not coming to that game." Mm-hmm. And then you, you see what happens when they text me after the game. They're like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "You should have came." And then uh, I was. I knew that job ja was going to wear, you know, the custom sneakers in that game. So I talked to Serato, who was the the guy who, you know, did the sneakers, you know, for Ja. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was able to have that story like that next morning yeah. about, you know, Ja having his biggest game of his career in the custom sneakers. And I kind of like almost, you know, I was talking to the guy ahead of time and then it just worked out perfectly for my story. So it was a great day for me as well yeah. from that standpoint. And then, I mean, have we ever seen two plays like two two plays back to back? It was like a two minute span from you know when he dunked over Yaka Purtle, and then Stephen Adams threw the ball full court, and he mm-hmm. caught the ball flying. We probably won't ever see that again. Like no. that that's that's the one that stands out. I'll, I'll be telling my grandkids about that one day. Yep. Well, um, yep. I'll piggyback on what you said. That was mine. That was mine as well. Was the job fifty two point game? Uh, pretty much because. You knew he was a megastar at that point. To see him go off like that, everything was going so well. And to do that without shooting a lot of three-pointers, it was all like layups and free throws. <laughs> I mean, so to see John have that type of game, 52 points, uh, in FedEx form, I had my son with me. It was just a magical night just to see John go off like that. I can give you all another one if you want another one, since me and DeMichael had the same one, or, or I can hand off to you, Smith. Oh, uh, you could you could throw it at me. Throw it at me for uh, as we get out. Throw it at me as we get out. We'll okay. let I guess well, I, right. I got another one real quick, and I'll just wrap it up. I'll throw it up, and I'll throw it back to you. Another one, big moment of 2022 to me was the the whole event of John Morant being voted All NBA All Star starter. Uh, seeing a guy, a Grizzlies guy, yeah. in the starting lineup, beating Luka Doncic in votes, beating Donovan Mitchell in votes that year. Just that whole process of having our own star in the city of Memphis and the All Star starter in John Morant. That was a big. That was my number two. What about you, Smith? I I, I would go. Um, we'll just we'll just wrap it all well. I'd go June thirtieth, two thousand twenty-two is the summertime. It's when Ja signed the contract, the max yes, that we all knew was coming. But the detail that I think Brian Windhorse had first that Ja had uh, thrown out the player option for the fifth year. Basically mm-hmm. locking himself in for the next six. So through 27, 28, you know, right, you know, Luca, uh, Trey had just done theirs the year before. And all the big stars were putting in the fifth year player option, you know, because that's what you want. You want mm-hmm. that that ability to to have that yeah. maneuverability. Mm-hmm. Uh Ja didn't do that, you know, effectively locking himself in through his first nine years as a Memphis Grizzly. Remember, the Pelicans only had Anthony Davis for seven before they lost that and had to move on try to start over so to to know that you got John Morant for 
for nine all the way through 27, 28. I just thought that was that was big for the city and big for him showing his commitment level and belief level in this front office and this franchise. So I thought that was a yeah. said a lot, very symbolic. I thought big big time stuff. I love I love that addition you added in three big moments. Three all uh, related to John Moran, of course, yep. who has been such a big deal to this organization, to this franchise, to this city, man, for sure. Um, and then we're ending the year with and still in the, the shadow and the glory of him getting his own shoe and all those type of things as well. Well, the Michael Cole, we appreciate you coming on. Michael, thank you, brother. Appreciate, appreciate you, man. Keep up the great work. Anytime, man. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all for having me. Anytime, anytime. It's a pleasure. Right. For the Michael Cole, uh, my name is Anthony Sane, of course. Jason Smith, uh, you can you can send us out, Jason, for the last one of the year, man. Send us out. Go on, give us a good prayer or something. As we wrap up. Well, uh, uh, Lord, as we wrap up 2022 and head into a, a year, 2023, that we hope brings big things for the Grizzlies, uh, please just get us out of this nasty, oh, little rough patch. Uh, if you would, Father. Yes, please, Father, if you could, we'd be playing these other teams. They ain't even got their stars, and we're out here losing to them. No more big Dwayne Washington Jr. games. I can't take that big old We, we wish well for Dwayne Washington. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, but please, not against not against the yeah. Grizzlies, Father. Uh, do everything you can to help this team mature and, and get through this and back on top of the of the West. It's in, the, it's in your darling son, Jesus' name we pray. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. We'll see you all next time. It's grind season. Happy New Year, y'all.